five, four, three, two, one. I don't even know what's happening. I'm in sport mode, and you're going to fly. Just exactly how awesome was it? The mighty, mighty Nissan GTR. You've got the Mustang, the Camaro, the Challenger, the Corvette, the Viper. America. Damn, I forgot the bananas. I love this. Crash bang boom! We are doing it live, people. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Thursday, and that means it is the topspeed.com podcast. Topspeed.com is your internet home for all the crazy, cool, and amazing things that have motors and wheels. I'm Christian Moe, and I'm happy to have you here. Joining me as always is our editor in chief, Mr. Justin Coupler. Hello, Justin. Howdy, people. Hope everyone's doing well on this fine Thursday uh, afternoon now. It's the time before I say that. <laughs> Thursday afternoon, evening. <laughs> Quarter after afternoon. <laughs> All right. And joining us again this week, we have Mark McNabb. I'm back, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm here. And the beard but is coming I'm, back, too. Yeah, the beard is oh, back. Oh, it's already back, man. Nice. Back. Yeah, see, Justin, real men, like, like Mark and myself, it's, I don't know what, three days, four days? Fully, fully bad. Yeah. <laughs> Real man, huh? So what happens when you pow, uh, pour uh, gunpowder on your eggs in the morning and uh, put a uh, little cologne on with some hoppies number nine? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot guns off the porch. I live in Florida, so shooting guns off porches is frowned upon because I live in the city part of Florida. You live yeah. in the center where there's absolutely nothing but swamps and gators. <laughs> no, the, I did this on vacation. I did this on vacation. Ah. In Tennessee. Yeah, because he was up here with me. Oh, yeah, you can you can let off a, a mortar out there if you want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch this, guys! Boom! <laughs> no, I know, I, I know friends that play with hand, hand grenades in the, in, the, in the fall. Hey, Billy, hold my beer real quick. <laughs> well, so that's a funny story. So um, there's a pumpkin patch that, like, grows in the back of this guy's yard. It's just, it's just like a wild pumpkin patch. Apparently, is it's it's cause like it's his grandmother's house, or whatever. Like she planted these pumpkins decades and decades ago, and it's in the back part of his property that he never uses. And so like all these pumpkins grow, and then like towards the end of the fall, when he has all these big pumpkins out there that are starting to rot, they go out there with like a, a hand grenade or two and just chuck them out there and watch stuff just explode everywhere. I mean, that sounds kind of like fun. They call it the pumpkin pie party. That sounds like a blast, but. Uh... It just sounds. I mean, you hear about people let up like the little ladyfinger firecrackers and blow a finger off. Man, you can deal with a hand grenade. Well, now. so the secret is you use concussive hand grenades, not shrapnel hand grenades. So you don't use like the pineapple grenade because yeah, then that shit can come back to hurt you. <laughs> so you just use concussive. So it's mostly just boom and pressure waves, not pieces of metal. Well, but There's still, still pieces uh, of metal, so you still have to be careful. But, but yeah, a concussive one can take a take a hand off. <laughs> oh well, yeah, if you're holding it. Time. I wonder if I should not have pulled a pen. 
Look, these guys have been doing drunk hand grenade tossing for <laughs> generations. <laughs> they know all the rules for drunken hand grenade tossing. And you know, clothes only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, this is an automotive podcast. I, maybe we should start talking we about start that. every single podcast this way. Some off-topic garbage and we just keep on going then one of us has to rein us in so, well but you know. but but that's the thing is it's is it is an automotive pod, podcast and people come for the news but people also come for us probably i doubt that <laughs> i don't think i don't think they, they come to hear about the corvette <laughs> and, and the mustang and, and ferraris and stuff they come to hear me play guitar and do my signature song g oh hell no <laughs> we are letting them down today <laughs> i go get the guitar it's just right over there Nah, we don't need so any. Anyway, um, Speaking of hand grenades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Again, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the TopSpeed.com podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to start a show, as always, with our weekly wheels segment. Um, and we're going to start with a diesel. A diesel. That's me. Oh, one, one thing, quick thing on the hand grenade. I will bring this topic back up when we start <laughs> talking about own drive burn. So hand grenades, you like to listen about it? Hold on to the end of the show. You're going to get some more because <laughs> we're going to blow some stuff up. Okay. Anyway, thinking, speaking of uh, blowing stuff up with power and diesel and fuel and stuff, I was in the Dodge Ram 1500 EcoDiesel uh, last week, and I loved it. I, I really did. Uh, the Dodge Ram itself is a great truck, but the engine just makes it that much better. Um, admittedly, I've never driven the Hemi version on the road. I mean, I've kind of moved them around parking lots and stuff, but um, yeah, this truck was really nice. Uh, have either of you guys driven it at all? I've uh, not driven the, the 1500. The I've been in the 1500. Yeah, okay. I've driven the Hemi before. Okay, but I mean, yeah, I mean, zero to sixty is like eight and a half seconds, which really isn't that bad, especially no, considering really it's a diesel. And I'm, I kid you not, on the highway, I was driving flat level ground. I was getting 33 miles to the gallon. That's incredible. In a truck. <laughs> like, That's why diesels are amazing. I know. Like, I, I advocate for diesel so much. But, like, to experience it firsthand and be like, yes, it happens. And then, like, the tank, when it showed up in my driveway, it said that I had a range of, like, 620 miles. Yep. Like, awesome. there's a hand grenade in my head. You know, like, that's amazing to me. Um, there were a few things I really didn't like about the truck. Mostly, it was kind of like an options thing. Like, the, the little bitty 17 inch wheels look puny compared to the rest of the body of this truck. That's um, a massive truck. It, like, 20 inch wheels look small in this truck. So, having 17s so makes it look like, wow, does there, are there any brakes back there? Like, what's going on? Um,. Another thing was the uh, the controller for the transmission. So, like, you've got the rotary dial because it's the ZF8 speed, but in order to manually shift up and down, there's buttons on the steering wheel, but they're kind of set too far center for you to actually hit them with your thumb, and it just – they were kind of small, so it kind of really sucked. I just um, I just imagine you going, going down the road now. I'm going to shift gear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost what you had to do was, like – Peck it with your finger. <laughs> downshift, downshift, downshift. <laughs> I'm a racing driver. <laughs> I think for I should take lessons. <laughs> Point and click. 
<laughs> oh gosh. Another thing was the truck is so wide and the center console is wide too. And the cup holders on the passenger side of that center console. So if you if you're wanting a drink, you have to like kind of reach over to get it. Yeah. But when you're working in this, like, okay, push that button. Reach over here. Yeah, I'm like, soda. I'm like upshift, downshift, drink, <laughs> steer. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, those were really my only complaints. Everything else worked really well. Oh, I did wish the the tailgate had the soft uh, open and close feature. Like if you just pull it up, you know, pull the handle up, it drops down. It doesn't have that nice spring in there. But I mean, I, that's. Searching for something to complain about. Right. Uh, mostly, the truck just performed really well. Now, tell me I mean, a little about the about the diesel itself. Does it sound like a school bus, or is it actually pretty quiet? See, that's the thing too. Like, if you were just an average person and walked up to the truck, got in it, and drove it, you would never know. It doesn't sound like a diesel unless you have the radio completely off, maybe a window cracked, and you're accelerating away from a red light at like 2,000 RPM. That's the only time. At idle, at full or, at full revs, at any any other time, it doesn't sound like a diesel at all, hmm. and it doesn't clatter, it doesn't shake the truck, um, it starts right up on uh, on ignition unless it's really cold, then it takes a second for the glow plugs to heat up, but I mean it just it's well perfect. and and glow plug tech like that's gotten a lot better now too, and I I don't know how the eco diesel is set up. But, like, my golf, um, even on, like, really cold days, like some of these, you know, 15, 20, 20 degree days, yeah. um, when I hit the key, it's less than five seconds before I can fire the diesel up. Yeah. Mean, it's so fast now. Yeah, because I, I remember my, my uncle's got an old, I think it's a 97 Dodge 2500 Cummins, and even on a warm day, it takes it a minute to kind of heat those plugs up. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see how you're uh, – how you ride on that, but yeah. Otherwise, the truck was great, and I loved the Ram Box feature. Um, I hauled a, like a five-gallon gas can, and I just put it directly in there. And because of the way it's shaped, it just held that can so perfectly. I didn't have to strap it down or anything. Um, ergonomics were good, besides a little pecky dash thing with the <laughs> yeah upshift downshift. Um, yeah, I, it was a fantastic truck, and U Connect was amazing as well. See, the Uconnect system is is good, but I just I've still not been happy with a single navigation system. But um this week I've got something in the driveway with a terrible, terrible infotainment system. And it, and it, and it makes me miss eat uh, Toyota's Entune. It's so bad. Yeah. Well well, I guess we'll save it for next week. But I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's God, it's awful. And, and if you want to talk about awful Try to play a DVD in the rear seats. Just, just try it. Just try That's it. That's happening this weekend. So, yeah. what happens? And then turn the car off and try to play it again. <laughs> just try that for me. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Christian's driving something really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he he took a picture of the price tag and sent it to me. <laughs> you know. Okay. So, so I'm just I'm I'm just, I'm just gonna go ahead and let them know what what I have, so they know what to expect next week. Um, I have a Land Rover, Range Rover, long wheelbase, supercharged. So it's a Range Rover stretched by like three feet with the 510 horsepower supercharged V8 in it. Yeah. Um, the back seats are there's so much room between the back seat and the front seat. It's okay. It's is yours got the center console or is it the bench in the back? Um, it's the bench in the back with a fold down thing. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I don't think uh, they can put the center console in the long long wheelbase version. Mm. 
But anyways, yeah, um, it's $122,000, which is hilarious because that's $8,000 less than the Porsche I had a few weeks ago. <laughs> and that's less money than the Range Rover that I had too. Well, yeah, it's a lot less than the Range Rover you had because you had the autobiography. Yeah. I don't have the autobiography. I just have supercharged. But anyways, um, so yes, you had a very nice Ram with diesel, and diesel in a truck, a small diesel in a small truck is good. Yes, and I don't know how Ford and GM are getting away with not having this in their trucks. Like GM has that 4.5 liter V8 ready to go, but they're just not doing it, and it blows my mind. So, so the biggest part of it yeah. is is money. And the only reason Chrysler has – or that the Ram has this now is because of Fiat. Yeah. So here's the thing. To get like an F-250 or an F-350 with the diesel, it costs Ford about this much more money to make an F-350 instead of an F-150. And the diesel engine doesn't add much to that price either. But if you go look at the price tags, one of these trucks is like twice the cost of a nice F-150, and this that way for all the brands. The big, heavy-duty diesel trucks cost a lot more money to buy than the lower-end... Uh, are they still technically quarter-ton trucks? That's what they're called, but they don't really, like... Yeah, but anyways, the, the standard level, the 1500 level or the 150 level trucks versus the heavy-duty, you know, three 350s and 3500s, the price difference is almost double, but the cost to Ford or to GM or to whoever is very minimal, and so they make lots of money on every one of those they sell. So if they start giving you the efficiency and performance of a diesel in the lower truck where the profit margin isn't as big, they're going to eat into those upper truck markets, and that's what they're always worried about. Well, see, I don't think so because this truck, yes, it's rated to tow 9,200 pounds, which is freaking amazing. It's not a heavy duty. Yeah, I mean, and Ford the people who buy, <laughs> yeah, a people who buy a heavy duty buy it to tow that much weight. Like, um, the Ram, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to stop you right now, Mark. You've lived in Tennessee. That is a lie. <laughs> Okay, the people who really buy trucks for the reason they should buy the trucks and not to put 12-inch lift kits and uh, rolling coal exhaust on them is to tow and haul stuff. Right, and and, you know for, what I'm like, right. and for a lot of those people, they will still jump up to these trucks. But there are people who just buy the 250 and the 350 diesels because they have the diesel and they think they need some towing power. But if... You walk up to 90% of truck truck owners and said, without telling them what it is, said, I can get you a truck that gets 33 miles to the gallon on the highway and will tow more than 9,000 pounds. Will you say yes? Most of them will be like, that sounds perfect. Yeah. And then you've got the 1500. So suddenly, I mean, they're losing easily like ten dollars or $12,000 of pure profit for someone to buy the Eco Diesel. Versus a 250 with with a Cummins, well, or a 2500 with with a, a, a Cummins. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons that these companies have, because you can go to Europe and buy small trucks of diesels all day long from the big three, like Chevy sells or Ford has the Ranger over there with with a diesel. The new Ranger's amazing, but they're worried about eating into those profit margins. But suddenly, when you have a non-American company owning Ram, they're like, well, yes, it'll eat into our profit margins. But won't it eat into all of their profit margins also? Yeah, I see your point. I don't know, you know, the numbers or anything. Uh, I'd like to see the real statistics on it and stuff like that. Um, 
But I don't know. Like GM developed that engine, the 4.5 liter V8, um, to put in a, a light duty truck. And the economy tanked. They put it on the back burner, and it just sat there. Like the engine, from my understanding, is like 95% complete. All they have to do is dust it off, make sure it passes emissions, and put it in a truck. Right. And then, I mean, you know, there, there always is some other stuff to it too. Like uh, back, back to Ram, uh, there was that smaller five, five liter Cummins that's going into yeah. Nissan and Toyota trucks. Yeah. It was originally being developed for the military and for Dodge. Yeah. Dodge passed on it. Yep. Because the weight of it is not much less than the weight of the big Cummins they already use. Yeah. And so, just from a how much it cost them to get this new engine and put it into the trucks and, and the loss of power versus any kind of extra performance they would gain in towing or ability is is almost nil. So they're sort of like we're going to yeah. pass. Well, on that. I'm excited to see that five liter V8 go into the to come uh, the uh, the Tundra and the um, Titan. Titan. Yes. So. It's, yeah, that's gonna be really cool. Uh, we should probably move yeah. on. Yeah, we should. Uh, First, I do want to. I do want to say a quick hello to uh, Holty and Cyprian. They're both in the chat. So hi guys. What's up? Um, but yeah, I was driving something way less awesome, and it's part of the reason why I kept Mark talking because his thing is way more. If you guys pay attention to the site, it's probably this afternoon or tomorrow, you'll see my review go up of the Toyota Rav Four. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And um. Did it come with a Muffet inside? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> and I don't like it. Really? Yeah. I don't. I oh don't wait, like no, it. the Rav Four. The I'm sorry, the Muffets go with the Highlander, not the Rav Four. Oh yeah. So, um, Toyota Rav Four is just a really big Camry in all the worst ways. Uh-oh. Um, I don't like. People like like the way it looks. That's fine. It is interesting. There's some nice touches to it. Um, they've they've done some neat ideas with playing with people's eyes to make the car look smaller and sleeker than it actually is. Um, the interior looks fantastic. It's two tone fake leather that's bl- that's gray and black, and for being fake leather, it feels pretty good. Like I don't know anyone who's gonna be like, "Ooh, is this real leather?" But it 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 doesn't feel really fake either. If that makes sense, it's 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 good fake leather. Um, and the dash looks nice, and everything's well laid out. The instrument cluster's super nice. I've got a huge speedo in the middle, big tack to the left, fuel to the right, that's it. Hmm. There's a teeny tiny LCD in the bottom that gives me my fuel economy if I want it and my mileage and whatever. I can hit the little button to scroll between them. Um, it's, it's all very well set up ergonomically. There's lots of storage cubbies. Basically every surface that could be opened to make a small <clears throat> cubby has been opened to make a small cubby. Um, it's it's very good. It's space wise, tons of space in the back seat, huge trunk. Like they got all that stuff right, but it feels like it's built terribly and it's terrible to drive. So part of the dash, there's this really cool like 3D feature that comes out like this right underneath the HVAC controls. It looks really nice. It's covered in leather that's padded, so it's really soft. You push it on it, it's squishy. But um, if you go to lean your arm on it to use it as a brace to touch on the touch screen. The whole thing creaks and bows down. And um, on the dash? Yes. Why are almost, you leaning on the dash? Well, well, no. So, because like you have, so like <laughs> what are you doing? Well, so so just watch. So, like you you have the LCD here, right? And right below that is the HVAC controls and this piece that comes out. And while I'm driving, I went and I rested my arm on that piece that sticks out, so I could hit the touchscreen more accurately. And when I rested my arm on it, it went 
Ink. And I found that you can do that with most things. You can push on the center of the dash right above the stereo, and you push, and it goes, wink. And you can push it on the top center console where the lights are and stuff. You push it up, it goes, wink. Everything just squeaks and moves when you push on it, and that's really terrifying in a car that's designed to put children in it. Okay, I'm looking at your picture now, and I see it's it's not a shelf. It's like an extension of right. The dash. It just it just sort of comes out. I mean, it okay. looks fantastic. It looks like that's what you need to have your hand rest on while you okay, right. That makes it's sense. very sculptural, and it, and it and it looks like that's it, it's it's perfect. Like you just reach out and you're like, oh, my hand can rest right there. But if you put any sort of weight on it, it starts to bow, and it feels like it's not really well attached to the dash. And that's Is it a pre-production car? No. Um, and then it, it, it drives kind of terribly. So it's got the 2.5 that comes in the base Camry. So it's like 178 horsepower, 176 pound-feet of torque, something, something like that. Should be enough power. But the yeah. transmission is geared really weird. So first gear is super short. So you have tons of torque and power, like, instantaneously. Problem with that is, is if it's even mildly wet outside and you give it any sort of gas, it lights up the front tires and traction control kicks in and the thing just basically shuts down. So it's like, okay, so you really carefully try and take off and then you hit second gear and you drop to like 600 RPMs. And wow. it's like you have no power at all. And torque, the torque doesn't actually come in until 4100. That's when peak torque is, 4100 RPMs. That's really high. Yes, and horsepower is 6,000 RPMs. Like, you have to rev the snot out of this to get any power. But it's got a six-speed auto, and just like all Toyota products, it's tuned for fuel economy, so it upshifts at the earliest opportunity. So you just never have any power. Um, If you're on the highway going 55 and you want to pass somebody, third gear. So you stand on the gas, and it goes sixth gear, fifth gear, fourth gear, third gear – and then you can pass them. But you have to wait what is almost three and a half or four seconds for it to switch between from sixth to fifth, from fifth to fourth, and then from fourth down to third before you can leave quickly enough to pass somebody. Wow. It, yeah. But just, just, just driving around, like just, just driving around, it feels okay as long as you don't need that power. Like trying to merge onto the interstate, that was pretty rough, especially when I had uh, four other people in it. I put it three three wide in the back, someone in the, in the, in the passenger seat. And I thought the car was going to explode trying to accelerate to get onto the interstate. <laughs> uh, but just driving, driving around town, it's fine. Driving around these country roads at 45 miles an hour, it's 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 fine. Once you're on the highway and going a speed, it's totally fine. And fuel economy was good. Like it's rated at 31. Uh, that's highway. It's 31 highway, 24 or 25 city, and then like a 26 combined. Yeah. And uh, I got 29 and a half. That's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> after after almost 600, 100, 100 miles, it's probably 70% highway, 30% city. Um, and I spent most of the time with three people in the car. So it's me, my father-in-law, who's six foot four, not exactly light, and my wife in the car almost everywhere we went. So I had extra weight and stuff, and I still got 29 and a half miles to the gallon. Like, the fuel economy was impressive. But you have to deal with the fact that you never have any power ever. There is There is a sport button. But sport button almost makes it worse because it's really quick to downshift, but it's still really quick to upshift. So the throttle, when it's in sport mode, just becomes an on-off switch. (laughs) You press it it a little bit, and you downshift, and you're off like a rocket. But as soon as you let off a little bit, boom, you're back up in sixth gear. Hmm. Now, you know, it's so funny. Like, I talked to somebody recently that um, we were talking about the whole cars with power thing. 
and they were like, you know, I don't want my – and this was not a car person at all. Uh, they were like, I don't want my car to have a whole lot of power because I don't want to feel like if my, if my foot slips and hits the gas pedal, I'm just going to go shooting off. And I was like, you know, okay, that's kind of weird, but – Maybe but, 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 but this can, is representative of the demographic who would actually buy this right. car. Right, and I mean, and, and and I can respect that from a, a certain point. People, you know. let's let's face it, a lot of people aren't great drivers, and the idea of a really fast, really powerful car scares them because most of these people are adults. And think about someone who's forty years old. What's their idea of a powerful car? Porsches that kill people, Corvettes that kill people. Camaros and stuff that are tuned up and kill people. Like that's their idea of power. Um, they don't understand that the Rav4 I was driving had more power than a 1976 Corvette. They just have it in their head that power is bad because power is hard to handle depending on what kind of car you're in. You don't want to lose traction. You don't want to slide. You don't want to spin your tires when you're going 60 miles an hour. Like I can respect that idea, but there is a point where not having power is just as dangerous as having power. True. But I, I'm sure this car can get out of its way for most people. Like most people wouldn't have a problem merging. Once you wait the four seconds for it to shift from six to third, it'll totally get out of its own way. <laughs> but it, again, it won't get out of its own way until about four thousand RPMs. Yeah. And if you ever hit the eco mode button, you have to try to make the car get above two thousand RPMs in eco mode. Wow. Like it shifts at two thousand RPMs every time, no matter what, almost in eco. Like it's. It's an aggressive eco mode. Yeah, I can I can see who this car would work for. Again, like tons of space. It's really comfortable. It's relatively quiet. It's competitively priced, but it's terrible to drive. And then it so, has the worst brakes of any car I've ever used. Well, except for the last statement you just said, it would be a perfect sorority car chick car. Right. Thing. Well, and like, it, right. just give it to your daughter and let her go to college. Right. And like I I, I kept trying to think about that, and then I kept getting to the brakes. So stepping on the pedal feels like stepping on a memory foam mattress where at first you get absolutely no pressure, and then the deeper you go, the pressure just sort of builds and builds and builds, but it does always feel really squishy. And there were many times where I went to slow down for a corner because, you know, roads aren't straight here, and, like, I get almost to the corner, and I'm like, shit, I'm not going slow enough. You, like, really try and stand on the pedal because the car just doesn't seem to slow down. And then I took it up into, in, into Gatlinburg, and I was coming down out of the mountains, serious brake fade to the point where I was worried about not stopping and crashing into somebody. I've never had that issue with Toyota brakes, ever. I, right, and I've never had that issue like in any car, even any of the Toyotas. You know, I had the Avalon. The Avalon was fine. I had the Lexus. Those are fine. I had the Prius. Prius was great. This, though, I don't know why. And I mean, the car only had 3,500 miles when it showed up. I pushed it just over 4,000 4, miles. So, like, the brakes shouldn't be worn out, but like they felt like they were worn out bad brakes. And as I was coming down the Gatlinburg Mountain, like I could smell the brakes in the car, and the pedal kept getting closer and closer to the floor as I was trying to stop. Like it was a kind of a scary experience. Wow, I, that, that's not normally representative of Toyota because their stuff yeah. is usually you know spot right. on. Right, and again, I'm, this is this is the only model I've ever had with that issue in any way. So I'm just like. I don't, and it's not a surprisingly heavy car. I think it's 3,600 pounds. Yeah, it's not so bad at really all. really not that heavy. Um, it's not that much more heavy than like a Camry. So I, I, I don't know if there was something going on or, or, or what. I've got some emails to send to talk to some people about it. But it's like it's – it was worrying. Uh, you know, that's just 
that's that's about the only thing I can say is it, yeah. it was worrying. I'm curious if maybe there might have been a, an actual problem with the car because that that sounds that sounds too much like maybe an issue building in, in, in a brake booster somewhere or in a caliper that 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 just doesn't sound like something Toyota would put on the road. Yeah. Right, and again, that's why I have some emails to send. The thing just just left me, so um, and like I I ran into that issue on Monday. So I took it up to Gatlinburg on 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 Monday. Um, my wife works up there. Or used to she doesn't work there now because she just started vet school yes, yesterday. But I took it up Monday, and that's when I started having issues. And so I'm like, uh, and I've been talking to a lot of people I, I I know who have experience with the car and things like that. General consensus from what I've experienced is the Rav Four. Most people say the brakes aren't great, but nobody had issues like quite like I had. But I'm also running to the issue where no one's really taking it on grades like I have. So, because I mean, I, I did take it up top of Ski, Ski Mountain Road, so it's like six-ish miles of like a seven-degree grade. So, I mean, it is a steep grade for a long distance, but still, it worried me. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. All yeah. right. Anyways, let's move on to something that's more interesting to talk about. Yeah. Mark, you drove a convertible. What did I drive? Oh, the Fiat 500. Yes, it was a convertible. Or is it? It's a convertible. <laughs> no, it's not a convertible. <laughs> I love this debate. You can anyway. give me all the shit you want to about freaking C-pillars and whatnot. It's a convertible. The roof is gone from the windshield all the way back behind the rear seats. It still it's has gone. two frames. That doesn't count. I don't, I don't care. Here's what it is. It's an aggressive target top. It's not an aggressive target top. <laughs> it's an aggressive target top. It's not okay. The Porsche target Targa, no frames above above the doors. It comes off the top of the windows. What what about the Volkswagen van, the old school? Yeah, was that a convertible? Had the same thing. Yes. You would okay. call that convertible. You're nuts. If sorry, if 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 the roof is gone to behind the rear seats. Because cause that's how far it goes. It's not just the top of the car. It's the top of the car, and it goes all the way down to the back of the car, behind the rear seats, and piles up on top of the trunk. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. I can anyway, still look you know, up and see the door right here. So if I can see the door right here, that's not a convertible. Okay, but what happens if the windows are up and you can still see the door windows? That's not part of the door. That's a window. Uh, whatever. Mark, tell us about how awesome this different is. Wow. First thing, the exhaust. And Christian knows because he had this car a couple years ago. The I exhaust just had a convertible one, though. I just had fantastic. I mean, I went everywhere in a lower gear than I should be just so I can hear the engine. Like, it's a little four-banger, four and you would think that it sounds like, you know, a little Honda coffee can thing. No, it sounds really good. Um, it sounds like a Group B rally car. It was fantastic. <laughs> It was really cool. Uh, the manual transmission I found was really great. Uh, the shifts were pretty clean and crisp. Uh, clutch engagement was pretty good. Uh, it had 170 pound-feet of torque, so it was kind of torquey. Um, I didn't feel like I was going to stall out every time I was pulling the clutch out. Always hit the sport button no matter what because it gives you more boost. And uh, Right, well, so um, without I just like seeing sport button, in the dash. Right, but without the sport button, you make less power. Yes, it, it less. Uh, I think it's 100 and... 45, it's like 140, yeah. So, I mean, it's a significant amount of horsepower cut without the boost or the sport button engaged. And, um, you know, what's that without power? 
need more power. So, um, yeah. Okay, as a car as a whole, it's small, it's tight, the cup holders don't work, and it's perfect. <laughs> no, let's... It's Perfect I, is a bad well, word to use. If, if I lived in the city, I would totally get this car. But I would have to live in the city and have to park in a parking garage and not own anything. That way I didn't have to haul anything. Other than that, the, I mean, the car's, you know, it's, it's too small. But if that environment is what you live in, I would look at it. Um, so that's the exact opposite. So I, if anyone ever is like, what car should I buy? Never, ever, ever in the history of ever would I recommend this car to a single human being. It is, for a car, if you need a car, it is possibly the worst car ever created in the last 25 years. You suck at life. Well, no. So <laughs> the suspension, way too hard. Seating position, way too high. I don't think the clutch is that great. The exhaust is obnoxiously loud. You have That's to rev the, the crap part. out of it everywhere you but, – but listen, you have to rev the crap out of it everywhere you go. Fuel economy is awful, and it's insanely expensive. But it's the most fun thing I've ever driven also. Like if, if 16 or 15-year-old me was going to build a car, this is the car I would build. If a normal human being is like, I just need a new car, like, go buy a Civic. Don't look at that Abarth at all in any way. Because it is. It is too uncomfortable for a lot of people. It is too loud for a lot of people. And how much was yours? Probably, what, $27,000? 30. $30,000? $30,500. $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $30, $
with white yeah. wheels and red mirror caps and a red stripe. Oh, okay, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I like my, it's not it was, a car normal people would buy. Yeah, yeah, mine mine was kind of similar. It's the white with the black stripe with the like the carbon gray wheels with all the red accents like the little scorpion things all over the car. Uh, I think it was pretty fantastic. And how much how much was it again? <laughs> well, you know. No, like how much how much was it again? You know, I mean, it kind of came thirty thousand. You know, well, what is what is the actual price tag? Because I'm doing some math. Okay, thirty thousand five hundred ninety-five dollars. Thirty thousand five hundred ninety-five dollars. Okay, but so so for seven dollars, sorry, for seven hundred and forty-three dollars, you could have my decked out Rav Four. <laughs> for seven hundred and forty-three dollars, okay. if you, you could have wanna... real real seating for five. More horsepower, surprisingly. A bigger trunk, navigation, heated front seats. No. <laughs> All right. I, I let's argue. Okay. Base price on my car is twenty six one. All right. The comfort convenience group, which is the automatic air conditioner, the heated front seats, Sirius satellite, nine hundred dollars. Get rid of that. You don't need it. The uh, Nero black seats, that's $250. You don't need that. Black mirror caps, you don't need that. That's $450. The TomTom, -tom, $600. Please throw that out the window. The only thing I would spend that's on my option list is the $1,400 uh, option for the wheels because I thought they looked fantastic. So for twenty under $28,000, you could have the same car but a lot less money. Or you can just have a Miata or an FRS, or a whole pile of other things. Like, okay, you know what? You know what you could have for that same price? A Fiesta ST, completely decked out with every option, and five thousand dollars in your pocket. Ah, touche, touche. Like, oh. no, it's a terrible car from. You know every what? I had an Italian measurable standpoint. It sounded amazing, and I don't care how much it costs. <laughs> and that right there, finally, that's the secret to this whole car. Because again, from if if you take a very scientific, subjective approach about what is a reliable, decent car any normal human being should buy, the 500 of Barth falls down on every single point. It's not fuel efficient. It's not cheap. It's not spacious. It's not even that easy to drive if we're really honest. 30, 30, 34 miles per gallon on the highway. Look at that. And what did you actually get? I don't know. I didn't check it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just busy this foot in the stand. <laughs> did you did you actually keep track at, at all? No, I think I did, and I think I got roughly like 29, which is one over the city. Okay, that's that's pretty good. I got 26 when I had mine. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, again, everywhere you drive it, you're in second gear instead of fifth gear. Because, hell yes, all that noise and horsepower. Yeah. yeah that is you, one... were just, no. you were just yelling about the noise. Now you're talking about, oh, yes, all that noise. Has in second well, well, no, no, again, again, if you <laughs> if you look at it from a very subjective point of view, like if if your neighbor came over to you and said, I'm thinking about buying this car, the answer is freaking don't because they're going to hate you for the rest of their life because they're in a car that's uncomfortable, that's loud, that swallows gasoline, that costs them way too much money, that doesn't have any room for people or stuff in it. Like it's, it's bad in the definition of a good car. It is the best freaking car you can buy if, if you already have a Camry in the garage and you want something to feel like an idiot with every Saturday and Sunday. 
Go buy a 500 a bar right now. Okay, I, I have to disagree with you because I hauled people. I hauled four people in my car and firewood. <laughs> By firewood, you mean like hauled... those little three-piece fire bundles you get at Walgreens? No. You look at the pictures on my article. I hauled firewood. Really? I hauled firewood in my car. That sounds I, almost okay. as bad as when I hauled a compressor on the back of my Miata. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to say, in in a in a pinch, the trunk can fit stuff. Um, and I see it fit in the down. So I fit in the trunk of the 500 convertible they brought me. It was just a standard 500 convertible, but I fit in the trunk of that one. You put yourself in the trunk? I did for a <laughs> photo. Who was a dummy that let you out? That's um, odd. There is a latch actually where you can pull the seats down from the inside. That's no fun. <laughs> yeah, no. So I got in and I couldn't get out. I had to pull the seats down and roll through the cabin to get out. Well, it's not a good. <laughs> it's not a good Italian car, then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, we there it is. Fix that. <laughs> but but again, so for thirty thousand dollars, think about all of the other things you could buy. You could almost get a matter. three series. You it doesn't almost matter. get a three series. It doesn't matter because this car is awesome. I I like it. It is. Yes, no, the cup holders are too small and are too low. Yes, it needs a sixth gear. Yes, it's loud, but that's the best part. Yes, it's small, but it, it, it has it the works. ghetto navigation system. Like yes, it has ghetto nav, but it, <laughs> it's fine because it works and it's cool. It's an enthusiast car that you take out on the weekends. You drop the windows, you drop the top, you put it in third gear instead of fifth. And you just go, and you listen, and you have fun, and you drop it to second, and you pass people, and you're like, ha, 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 look at me. And you're awesome. That's why you buy this car. Right. But, but again, like, no, I, it's hands down one of the best cars I've ever driven, but it's also one of the worst cars I've ever driven. This conversation is going it is, it is the best worst car you can buy. That's what it is. Okay. It is the okay. best worst car it, you can buy. If you put it that way, yeah. And I, last thing, a car seat fits in the back seat. Ah, look at you being all Mr. Daddy. That's right. All right, Holty says his rich neighbor has a 500 of Arthur and he loves it, but he also has a Morgan Arrow 8, so he doesn't care about money. <laughs> can, can we meet your neighbor? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyways, wow. we're gonna we're gonna move on now. Um, wow. let's move into some news and talk about America's newest electric supercar. Yeah, speaking of obnoxious and useless, uh, we are now have the 2015 <laughs> Renovo Coupe, all 500, I think it's $558,000 worth of rebodied Shelby parts. Um, so basically, I mean, it looks a, like a million dollars, let's yeah, be honest. It basically took a Shelby, I think it's a Shelby Daytona Coupe body, the yep. CSX chassis, and slapped an electric motor inside of it. And they, boom, call it a supercar. I take some issue with them calling it a supercar number one. This is my first problem. It hit 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds. Yes. That's supercar range. Well, hang on. Yeah. It has 500 horsepower. Check. Supercar range. Has 1,000 pound-feet of torque. Check. Supercar <laughs> range. Has a top speed probably slower than a Toyota Camry, 120 miles per hour. Um, that's where I take issue with the supercar reference because supercar reference is the whole thing. It's a whole package. It's acceleration, luxuries, uh, uh, the body, the power. Well, why is it so low? It's because it's a single-speed direct-drive transmission with an electric motor, so it's it's basically just limited by the revs, how oh. fast that motor can spin. Um, and that's a that's a common problem with with electric cars. Tesla Model S has the same issue with I think it's 140 miles an hour. That's their top speed. That's why you're not a seeing speed transmission, right? 
Exactly. And that's why you're not seeing a Porsche electric car. You're seeing these hybrids. That's why you're seeing the, the P1. You're seeing the hybrid because they're, they're, they're combining the two to get that top speed that actually qualifies them to be called a supercar. Well, but um, they do say that they are an American supercar, right? Yeah. And so we don't have an Autobahn. The fastest you can go is 85 miles an hour in Texas. Uh, yeah, nah, that's semantics. And that's, that's that, still supercar, the term supercar, it's, it's as bad as Mercedes calling a four door a coupe. It's just as okay. bad as that. I'll it's, give you that one. It's fine. just like that. It's you not, know, like, I, I kind of agree kind of with uh, Christian on this. Like, when, when's the last time I went 120 miles an hour? Eh, Never, that's, you know, like, that's an argument. But I want to go zero to sixty in three seconds, like you know. Bring it I, on. You're right. I want to go yeah. zero to sixty in three seconds every time I see an off ramp, yeah. Or every time I'm at a stoplight, or and, and, then, and it does a, have a supercar price tag. Like the, oh, the yeah, only it thing it's missing is top top speed. Yeah. Now I will give you that. I do make that argument a lot when it comes to cars. I talk about who the hell goes 185 miles per hour. All you need is a, most people need 100, if that. <laughs> unless you're Mr. Mo. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Mr. Mo. But really, I mean, who's going that fast? Most people that own these supercars aren't actually going that fast. They're, they're going 90, 100 miles an hour, if that. So, yes, I understand your argument, but still, you can't really call it a supercar if it can't reach that stratosphere, uh, that stratospheric top speed of 195, 200 miles per hour. Yeah, well, I mean, 120 is really low. I mean, yeah, it and, is. But I also have to say, the car is beautiful. It's gorgeous. What the hell? It's because it's a Daytona Coupe. Like, how is it not incredibly yeah, beautiful? It is absolutely stunning. It's, it's, it's nice. It's expensive, and it's super fast. You know, at least 500 horsepower, 1,000 yeah. pound-feet of torque, um, and it looks the part of a supercar. It is stunning. I just am hung up on that top speed. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm finding the smallest thing possible to, to give a flaw to. Yeah. Um, that might be me. I'm just splitting hairs here. Yeah, and, and I will comment one more thing on the beauty part. I, if you look at the engine, like or the motor, it's beautiful. Look at it. It's got oh, those it's high voltage wires, like coming out, like almost like headers or spark plug oh, wires, and it's, it's like beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, everything about this car is even the range, a hundred miles. That's really all anybody needs out of an EV. That's all you need. There's been so much research on this topic. They've all pretty much said a hundred miles is really all the average person needs. It quick charges in what three hours? I think I, I think I saw no thirty minutes. 30 minutes on a fast charger, uh, it's five hours on a wall outlet. Um, both That's those actually are very really acceptable. good. Yeah, both are very acceptable. So every single part of this is perfect except that top speed. But I have to say that you guys are right that who goes that fast. Oh, wait, uh, you said five five hours for a full 100-mile range? That's what it says. It says five hours on a wall outlet. No, it I'm took sure me more than 12 hours to charge the Porsche – hybrid from dead flat to full and that's 16 wow. miles wow wow ouch uh well that's also part of a five hundred thousand dollar price tag yeah um but it's it's an insane car i love this car the top speed gets me and the top and the price tag the price tag is insane you are you're in you know uh aventador range you're over aventador range you're you're yeah, no, you can have almost two. Yeah, almost two. You're inching close to the to the to the uh, the 918. You're getting close to that range now, so it's well, pretty. 918 is what 800,000. I think for the Ysec version, yeah, I, I think that's the the top line. Um, but 
when you compare it to other electric cars, though, it's so much more expensive. Tesla, Tesla Roadster is like 109,000 uh, bucks. When it comes back out with the extended battery, it's probably going to be a little bit more. The Detroit Electric SP01 is about the same. Tesla Model S is well below that. So competing against other electric cars, it's 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 really at a, at a at a deficiency there because you know Tesla Roadster is 3.7 to 60. The Detroit Electric is at 3.5 seconds. The Tesla Model S is uh, under four seconds. Oh no, it's at four seconds. I'm sorry. So it, it's really in some company that that's a lot cheaper. Uh, the only thing it really has is the look and the price tag. <laughs> well, how many people pay how much money for Shelby Coupe prototype or like rebuilds, like fake versions of those? Tons of money. So that is true, and we don't know how this thing handles. That that could be a huge challenge with the CSX, you know, chassis under it. I bet it handles like a like a go kart. So, you know, that that's one thing we're not calculating in here because, of course, I can't call Renovo and say, "Hey, let me drive one." So well, you could, but they could, could probably tell you them. no. Yeah, they'll probably say uh, GFY. <laughs> yeah. All but right. It's awesome, but I don't know if I call it a supercar. I think sports car, very expensive sports car is a better term for this. It's a sports car you have to be an oil sheik or a drug dealer to own. <laughs> Speaking of oil that. sheiks and drug dealers, BMW just sent us some pictures of an <laughs> X5 covered in bullet holes. Yes. For all you drug dealers and oil sheiks out there, I have a brand new car for you. It's called the BMW X5 F15 Security Plus. Comes with... Which is a terrible name. <laughs> I know, like, it needs to sprout wings and fly if you're going to call it F15. <laughs> like, you know. But, but uh, yeah, the sucker is uh, armored. Um, now, of course, this is not BMW's first um, rodeo in the armored car division. Uh, but this is the uh, kind of the latest and greatest with their X5. Uh, SUV or whatever they call it. Um, so anyway, it's it's basically your stock X5. It has a 4.4 liter V8 making 445 or 445 horsepower, 480 pound-feet of torque, but it's got armor-plated glass, armor-plated uh, plates in the door. Uh, I'm sure there's stuff around the engine to keep it running in case it gets hit. Um, the car is basically, you know, for Christian with his sunglasses on. And um, drug dealer sunglasses. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I will avoid the the ethnic. Um, They've got a cool design on the inside. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've seen them. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm so distracted now. Yeah, I I I love what BMW did here because so many of these car companies <laughs> when they send us pictures of their armored vehicle, all you see is the standard vehicle. BMW Just like all the Mercedes, the yeah, S-Class BMW armored Mercedes. BMW goes out to the AK-47 and says, now we're going to send them some press shots. Okay, take pictures now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this one's obviously the test bed vehicle because you see each shot is actually numbered as well. And so, I mean, they've got they've got uh, small groups of, of rounds in the windshield, you know, for testing, uh, you know, if someone actually has really good aim with an AK-47. Uh, they've <laughs> shot all the way around the seams of the door. Uh, I mean, it's it's fantastic. They they blew this car up. Um, so I wanted yeah, to meet that that photographer that day. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna do the press shots of this for you. Um, where's my gun? <laughs> yeah, don't forget, I'm from Tennessee. I can shoot. So anyway, um, this actually conforms to the I think it's the VR6 
rating. So that way, I mean, it, it means that, you know, it can stand up to, like, the small arms fire at AK-47, uh, AR-15, M16, uh, 30 caliber, and kind of below. So all your handguns, most of your um, Machine assault guns. rifle type stuff, yeah. Um, now, if you're going to get into, like, the 50 cal and stuff like that, you're going to have to pump up to, like, a VR-7. BMW offers the 7 series for that. Uh, armored, and you can get that. Will it? Will that machine handle a 45 caliber round? Um, the VR6, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You mean the 45, like 45 ACP, like 45 caliber? Yeah, like a 45 handgun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it should be. Uh, now they offer a VR4 series on the X5, and literally the press release says it's for protection from minor street crime. So, so nine mils. Yeah, I'm like, do gangsters use 22s these days? Is that like? <laughs> if you're driving through Oakland, get the VR6. If you're going through Chicago, get the VR4. Okay, check. Yeah, I mean, like, does I mean, like, protects against crowbars. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, protects against homeless people throwing shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the water will not come through the windshield if the guy tries to squeegee your windshield. So I don't know. If you need it, here it is. Go with BMW because it's from the factory. You don't have to go through an aftermarket uh, armor company that uh, you know will tear your car apart. This is from the factory. So, uh, oil sheiks are drug dealer friends. Um, we're not really your friends, but go for it. And BMW. Well, I mean, you if you're an oil sheik and you want to give me money, I will be your friend. I yeah maybe. Yeah, if BMW ever needs a tester to uh, to blast off a few rounds at, a, at one of their cars, I'd be more than happy to volunteer. I mean, I'm only like two and a half or three hours away from the factory that makes the I will survive. Listen, I will bring my own guns I was and provide my own ammunition. Yep. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Justin, you're like, I'll bring my own guns. <laughs> <laughs> what, what guns? You're going to be over there like punching the car. <laughs> it's bulletproof. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> All right. Um, you know what's we hilarious? We are it. almost out of time. But you know what? This is our 25th episode, so we're gonna we're gonna go Summer anniversary. We're gonna go a little longer. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> On your anniversary. <laughs> so, uh, Mo, why Mo, why don't you tell us about that great uh, valet mode in the vet now? <laughs> For when you're taking your nice woman on a great date. <laughs> on, our, on our anniversary. We're going to drive longer. That's what we meant. We're going to drive longer. On our... <laughs> hey, you guys are the ones that put the awkward silence in there. I just inserted something. That's what you <laughs> We have the mentality of five-year-olds, guys. We are so sorry, but... <laughs> The show is going nowhere. <laughs> we are professionals. We do this for a living. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm a professional race car driver now. Did I tell you guys? Oh, God. Oh, what is that about? Oh, so when I was in Colorado for Flying Miata, I drove a race car on a race track, and I got paid to do it. So under the strict definition, I'm a professional race car driver. Technically, yes. I'm That's getting cool. new business cards made. <laughs> Well, I think that fulfills one of your life goals too, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I want to be a race car driving rock star astronaut. So I've got Perfect. one of the three done. Check. <laughs> but anyway, so, so so yeah, so the new Corvette Stingray. 
So a lot of people saw uh, with the Corvette, they have that really cool like built-in GoPro system, that they're the performance data recorder that yeah. keeps track of how fast you go and how hard you brake and tracks your GPS so you can see your exact lines on a racetrack and it has the built-in GoPro to record everything. They now have a valet mode that turns all that stuff on also when someone else has your car. So anytime some little valet wants to take your 460-horsepower sports car for a quick trip around the block, you can see that and you can know that and you can get all of that stopped and you can get all those douchebags fired and you can get all of your cars back in one piece. Because, I mean, we've all seen those videos. Heck, we had one, what, like a week ago of some guy crashing a hurricane or something? Uh, Ballet crashing a hurricane. A guard oh, something. yeah, it was uh, It was more than a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, it was a guy in, like, India somewhere. Like, I don't know, he must have popped the clutch or something, but he, like, took out three cars and a pole and his, like, you yeah, know, Gallardo or whatever. Like you were yeah. talking earlier about, about someone hitting a gas pedal and a car taking off. That's exactly what people are afraid of. Right. Yeah, so. Oh, my God, what's the break? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but but yeah. So um, there you but go. Audio and HD video. Yeah, it and, records everything. And they can't lock off. Yeah, and it locks all of the interior storage components. Yep. There is it one thing I don't off. like about it. So first off, you you turn it on by typing in a pin code, and so they have to know the pin code to turn it off. But it doesn't cut back on power at all. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. So, so, like, there are valet keys and things I know that you can give that, like, limit a car's top speed to 35 miles an hour and that sort of stuff. This valet mode doesn't do that. It gives them all 460 horsepower to play with, but it records everything they do while they have that power. So, basically, you just yeah. get to watch them be a jackhole. <laughs> yes. But when you're trying to explain to your insurance company and to your hotel why the hotel has to buy you a new car... You've got it all on video. This is true. As long as you remember to put the SD card in the glove box. Because that's how it's all recorded. It's on an SD card in the glove box. So if you forget the card, you're still hosed. Yeah, see, they, they should do something that. That should be HDD. That shouldn't be an SD card. Well, but then how do you get it off the HDD? You've got to have... It'll probably be a proprietary cord for USB, and you've got to plug it in do it all that way. At least with an SD card, yeah. you can buy as many as you want to, swap them out all day long while you're at the track. Because that's what the system's created for, is for you to be at the track. You can pop them in, in and out all day. Dump them in your computer. Look at look at the data while the tracks while while the car's back out on the track, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. So, but but it's 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 really cool. And if <laughs> our next rumor turns out to be true, having recording equipment when someone else has your Corvette could be a very big deal. Now, um, I don't remember. I, I don't know if many of you guys re remember a few weeks ago when I wrote the story about how um, Chevy had did the Zora trade trademark, mm -hmm. and I said this would yeah. be a perfect time to create a mid-engine Corvette. Well, it seems that Motor Trend agrees with me. Justin. Um. Oh, I covered this one. I did not realize I covered that one. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You said you uh, wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I. Did. I don't recall ever saying that, but okay, I'll cover it anyways, although I know very little about it. I guess Motor <laughs> Trend got a hold of uh, a hold of some information. Hang on. I'm to <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, know, right? I was not prepared for Wait, that. Here. Let, here, let me let me say uh, 
How can oh, yeah, you yeah, send yeah, me I'm the sorry, email? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Remember, sorry. we're professionals. Yes, we are professionals. I'm sorry. I got completely confused and uh, mixed up stuff. Anywho, yeah, more of this Corvette midship engine BS. Um, Motor Trend says they got some tips and information that Corvette is actually going to become its own sort of kind of maybe sub-brand within Chevrolet. Kind of like what Land Rover does or is doing with the uh, Discovery, Range Rover, and um, and I can't remember the Evoke. third. Evoke. Uh, yeah, Evoke. Um, kind of kind of on that that way, they're going to have the standard Corvette front engine, rear drive, but then they're going to do a Corvette quote unquote supercar that may be called the Zora, that is going to be mid engine, rear wheel drive. Um, this rumor has had uh, has has a pretty long history. I think it goes all the way back to like the 1960s. 60s, I think. yeah, at least yeah. Um, the 60s with Zora Arnstentov and the Serve too. Yeah, the the Serve, and it's been on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again. So mostly, I think it's just kind of hyperbole. I don't think it's actually going to happen, but it's a cool concept nonetheless. Um, to have what they're talking about, like a hundred and fifty some thousand dollar. Or I'm sorry, more like a $200,000 mid-engine Corvette to actually battle the 458 and all the other badass supercars on the on the uh, on the road today. So it's a possibility. I think it's complete and utter BS. But there you have it. More news about a mid-engine Corvette. Yeah, and I, I want to say something too. Like I don't see Corvette losing that front-engine rear-drive Corvette. Now, if they created a whole another car and call it the Zora, and threw a mid-engine in there, fine. Did you but even I... read the piece I wrote, Mark? <laughs> you didn't write this. Cyprian wrote it. No, no, no. I he wrote a piece about a, it too. A month, a month and a half ago, when the Zora name came out, I wrote a whole piece about it. I think I did. And but that that's was... and, and well, and so that was my my whole thing is no. Corvette literally cannot. Chevy cannot just come out with a mid-engine Corvette. Will. There will be hundreds of thousands of people that will just storm Detroit and burn down what's left of it. <laughs> Not <laughs> what much. has already been burned down will be burned down because their front V8 rear-wheel drive Corvette has disappeared. But with the Zora name, you can now create a car based on the Corvette with the rear or mid-engine because Zora wanted a mid-engine Corvette for forever, essentially. Yeah, He's so basically, always wanted one. Yeah, basically what we'd be looking at is okay, you have the Corvette, the base Corvette, okay, you have the Corvette ZR1 above that, or the Z06, whichever one they have at that time, and then you're going to have one notch above that that's going to be the Corvette Zora. Um, that would be the mid engine rear drive car. So you're going to still be have your, Yeah, you're still going to have your front engine rear drive Corvette, but you're going to have that extra level above it. So they're basically going to make a whole big range of Corvettes. One massive halo car. Yeah. Yes. I, and I think they need to. I think it would be great. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant idea, but they're never, ever, 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 ever going to do it. <laughs> See, I don't know. I think they might. Um, I think all the pieces are in place for them to finally do it. And here's the biggest problem is they can't go above the Z06 right now. They physically can't. The envelope of performance that that car has – with its 650 horse, horsepower and race-derived suspension and aero systems, like, they can't go higher than that, not on the platform they have. Mm -hmm. They just... Like, there is... Because the only step above that is suddenly 700 horsepower. 
or 750 horse, horsepower. Once you're looking at that, your car has instantly become a competitor with essentially nothing but the Ferrari F12. That's yeah. the only other car out there, really, with that level of horsepower in a front-wheel drive or in a front-engine rear-wheel drive plat- platform. That's it. Yeah. And I don't care how fast it is, a Corvette in its current it, 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 uh, iteration, even with the nicer interior, cannot compete on that level. It can't do it. Yeah. So the only way to move above where you are now is to change to a mid-engine platform because then you can do new interior, you can do new dynamics, and having a 700-horsepower Corvette compete against a Ferrari 458 is like, wow, here's a 458 competitor with 200 more horsepower, 150 more horsepower, or here's a great competitor for the Hurricane with 100 more horsepower. Then suddenly you've got a game where you can play on that level. And considering the amount of engineering that's went into the current Corvette, I mean, the fact that GM is using the exact same chassis for the base Corvette and the Z06 speaks volumes about the engineering work that we've done. And the fact that they've done a convertible without adding any stiffening because the Mm -hmm. chassis is so stiff. So that means we have the ability right now to create a car good enough to handle a high-power mid-engine platform. Yeah. They just need to do it. And with the Zora name, I think they finally have a way that they can. Let me throw this out there. What's going to power it? I think it's just going to be a modified tuned, tuned version of the V8 that they have. Take the supercharged V8 from the Z06 and tune it to 725 horsepower or so. Dump that in the back. I don't know. I think we'd see something different. I'm, I'm thinking, wasn't there a 5.5 liter supercharged engine trickling around somewhere in GM? No. Uh, no, they use a 5.5 in the actual C7R race car mm-hmm. because they can't use the 6.3. It's too big to for for regulations. So that car makes less power. Okay, I, I thought I read something else about a 5.5 that they were tinkering around with at one point. I could be wrong there, though. Uh, <laughs> I think that was way back when the C7 rumors were first coming out. There was mm-hmm. talk about them going to a smaller displacement 5.5 to save on fuel. And they yeah. just said, no, we're just going to add direct injection to the 6.2. Six yeah, that's probably what it is. Well, actually, and in, in on that to- topic really quickly, <clears throat> to keep that – to save fuel, they actually went with a bigger engine. So they kept the 6.2 and had the, uh, more aggressive active fuel management. And so instead of having a 6.2, now you have a 3.1 liter V6. Right. Yeah. Or no, a four-cylinder. So, I mean, that's how they're able to save fuel is because they're able to stay in four-cylinder mode longer. Well, right, but direct injection saves fuel to begin with, and yes, it does horsepower. So, yeah, they 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 did a lot of optimization <laughs> to take that engine and yeah, get I mean, where they need to go without yeah. down, downsizing yeah. it too much. Yeah, I mean, GM spent well over a million man hours just on the intake system alone, which is also okay. why I think they won't make a new engine for a mid-engine Corvette because they're already going to be spending too much money on making the mid-engine Corvette. They'll just tune the engines they already have because those engines, as we've seen, are more than good enough. Yeah. So. I, I love the less power from GM. All right, what next? Uh, let's talk about Hyundai, Mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, so real quick on this, uh, the the article really wasn't about the SUV that was pictured. Uh, that was kind of a fill-in picture. What we're talking about here is more of how how is Hyundai going to build a luxury SUV and then sell it? They're having that problem with the Genesis and the the Equus selling as well as they hoped because they're trying to do this whole dealer and dealer thing. And like, you can walk into a dealer, and to your right, 
is an accent, and to your left, behind a curtain, is an Equus. And in between there, there's about, like, $60,000 worth of price range that's just, it's skipped. Um, Lexus can do this because they have Toyota dealerships and Lexus dealerships. And you can buy a RAV4 or you can buy a Lexus RX. They're technically the same kind of car, but they're not the same because it's a Lexus Toyota. So um, really the article kind of dives into the problem of having um, kind of this luxury but not really luxury um, SUV coming out and, and whether they can build it or not. And uh, Dave Zukowski, the CEO of Hyundai, is it, kind of debating on whether they should do this. They want to, but they don't know if they can sell it. Yeah, I think it'll come down to making a second brand. So, like, there's been talk about breaking off the Equus brand to be its own brand yeah. to begin with. I think if they did that and they had Equus dealers that sold an Equus sedan and an Equus SUV and maybe a smaller or a bigger Equus sedan, like that sort of thing, you know, if yeah. you branched out and made a couple of models and made it its own department sort of yeah. wing company, maybe, but I have a hard time imagining someone going in and seeing a Santa Fe and then seeing whatever they want to charge fifty fifty thousand dollars for and going, I'm gonna have that one instead. Yeah. But Lexus does that somehow, you know, like that's the but thing. It's, like again, it's, it's two brand. different dealerships. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know. Yeah, I think I think honestly, the only way for Hyundai to do it is to split them. There's you you can't really make a case for putting them side by side. It just doesn't yeah. work that way. Kia's running the same issue with the K900. Same same thing. It's sitting there next to, you know, a car that's 25000 bucks. And if you load it up with all the goodies, it gets kind of close to the the same things that the, the, the K900 has. Sure, it doesn't have reclining rear seats and all that stuff, but the basic luxury is all still there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was just an interesting topic to, to kind of discuss because – um, you know, how is how is Hyundai going to attack this whole uh, luxury thing in the future, and, and will they have to break off a brand um, that deals strictly with the luxury, or are they going to try to soldier on and do just do their own thing? Uh, who knows? Only time will tell. But Dave, Dave Zukowski is a cool guy. I, I got to talk to him for a minute. He is, he is a cool guy. I've heard a lot of good, good things about him. All right, uh, we have a few more things to talk about, but uh, we'll skip those. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump to our questions and answers segment. Uh, let's see. Last episode, Sammy83 said, awesome episode, even if the bearded wonder was missing. So there you go, Mark. You have at least one fan. Thank you. Thank you. I, so I have a question for you guys. From which three different cars would you take a body, an engine, and put them all together to make one epic car? Yes. Sorry, body, engine, and interior. So um, I want to go first. Yeah. I would take a... Cadillac CTSV wagon body. Ooh. I would take the interior from the Range Rover I have sitting in the yard, and I would put the 750 horsepower V12 <laughs> from a Ferrari F12 inside of it. Oh yeah! <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that not sound awesome. Talk about popping the wad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right. Well, okay. Okay. Justin, how about you? Okay. I would say I would want to go with uh, something like the Mercedes E-Class. You know, not too big, not too small, plenty of comfort. I would want to slap in the uh, the hybrid powertrain from the uh, uh, the 918 Spider. So I just think that's absolutely awesome. That V8 sounds 
awesome and it's tons of power. You can go to EV mode. Ah. And the interior, you know, I might, I'd have to say anything from any kind of Bentley. Any Bentley interior is fine with me. Just give me the Bentley. And, and what was the body you said? Body would be an E-Class. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. That's cool. So I guess compared to y'all's, mine's a little more conservative. Um, I want the new Chevy SS, but with an updated LT4 from the Stingray with an interior from an Audi. That's No, that's solid. Yeah. Because, I mean, the SS, it doesn't have that updated engine. It's got, like, the LS3. Yeah, although, to be to be fair, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about the exterior design of... Yeah, the SS is a little lame as far as, like, because it kind of looks like a Malibu. But it's a sleeper. Yeah, it's a sleeper. Got a and it has an exterior, like, Audi. Well, right, but but this is any car you want. So so you could take an Audi and put the LT4 engine in it. See, I just feel bad about that. No. Small blocks are designed to be put in everything. That's why they're put in everything. Okay, well, no. You can buy you a put... smart car with a small block. Well, you can't buy yeah. it. But people have put small blocks in smart cars. I've seen a big block in a smart car. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> but you know, if, you put, if you put the LT4 in an Audi, the car would handle like crap. Well, it already does because the engine literally sits in front of the front axle. So, I mean, that yeah, would just that's true. that would not boot well. So... Maybe maybe, is, the is, LT4, maybe the LT4 maybe the LT four in in an R eight. Oh, oh. Hmm. Hey there. Yeah. Hey there. Yeah. Um, Ooh, an LT four and a Porsche Cayman. Ooh. Actually, you know what? That's all I really want is a nine eleven turbo flat six inside of a Porsche Cayman. Done. Because that's okay. all that car is missing from being perfect is more power because Porsche refuses to give it to it. All right. Well, that, anyways, was that, was, that, was, that was a great question, Sammy. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Thomas Beretta. Because I like to dream of spending money. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I have a game here that I want you guys to play. You have $40,000 to spend on any number of cars that you will own for the rest of your lives. What would you buy? New or used, you can do whatever you want with the money, modify cars, whatever. Let's see how creative we get. He said he would spend half of it making a track day toy. Uh, well, I guess I'll take the lead on this. I would have to go with a used Cayman S. Yeah, used Cayman S. It's somewhere in the 30s I think you can get. And then just for chits and giggles, I have to get a four-door sedan because I do have a family. So I just buy some cheap Dodge Neon for 1000 bucks to oh. play around. Wow. Yeah, you're yeah, bad at this time. Yeah. Oh, come on. That what's sucks. Wrong what's wrong with that? I got a Cayman. Okay, You Mark. have a Dodge Neon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> any, any, hey, 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 any four-door. Hey. Any four-door. I just use a Dodge Neon as an example. You use, you <laughs> I, I'm in management. I drive a Stratus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark, go. I Mark, go, Mark. Ah, okay, mine's going to be better, okay? So I've split mine into four cars. Netting roughly ten thousand dollars a piece for parts, accessories, the car, the cost of the car, and everything. Okay, ready? Yep. Miata, Jeep TJ, second gen, uh, second generation Dodge Ram twenty five hundred with a Cummins, and a nineteen eighty six Chevy Blazer. See, there you go. Well, uh, how does a nineteen eighty six Chevy Blazer not get a kick in the balls, but a four door sedan does? Because, because it said Neon. I was. You I said didn't... like. 
like a neon. I didn't say a neon. I like... Okay, no. What is this, 1998, dude? Come on. I want nothing like a neon. You could have been like anything else except for... Essentially, the only thing that might have been worse than that would be Sebring. If you're like, you know, it's Sebring. Hey, I had a neon for like two years, and it was an awesome car. It kept, got me where I needed. Uh. It never broke down. SRT4. <laughs> okay, you know, but hey, the, the SRT4 is ugly as hell, but they're quick. No. Um, yes. Just drive so, one. <laughs> so, so I would buy a wrecked Miata. I would buy an Exocetic. Um, well, so I would buy a wrecked Miata and an Exocet, and I would put them together for my first $10,000. I would buy a cheap used Boxster. You can find one for about six grand. So um, I'm up to $16,000. I would buy my old Ford 65 pickup truck back. It's on sale right now for $2,500. I would then buy (laughs) another used Golf TDI like like the one I have. Current blue book on mine today is $17,000. So that leaves me $10,000 left. And uh, I would use that $10,000 to buy any assortment of broken British cars that I could buy. I really want a Triumph GT6. I'd also like a Spitfire. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, that's what seven cars, seven, seven cars, yeah. But so you're talking like you're gonna buy an old boxer, like an old beaten the crap, faded paint, torn leather boxer. No, 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 because boxer. no, because they've been around for long enough. So we, because me and my wife are talking about buying buying one now, we're gonna sell sell the nine four four and and buy one. I found one the other day, six thousand two hundred dollars. Buy it now. It was a nineteen ninety nine. Guards red, five-speed manual, black leather interior, had 91,000 miles on it. I don't know if I'd want to maintain that thing. (laughs) No, 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 no. So the the water pump went out. Here's $1,000. The Boxster. $1,000, you're being nice. (laughs) Yeah, no, so the Boxster and and the 911 both have been rated as some of the most reliable cars you can buy. Okay. Yep, it's your money. I'm just. You might want to save that ten grand for parts in that car. They're bulletproof. <laughs> They're bulletproof cars. Like the BMW? No, the BMW is not bulletproof. <laughs> the Boxster is. The BMW X5 F15 is bulletproof. Yeah, whatever. All right. Anyways, uh, so thank you for that question, Thomas Beretta. Uh, Joey21 asked us, guys, why do you think VW is ignoring the American market? I mean, they, they have such great cars, and for some reason, they won't bring stateside. Scirocco, Amarok, Golf GTD, etc. I'm pretty sure they would sell really well. Um, I'm gonna you start... are right. Well, I'm going to start with this one, and no, you're wrong. The Scirocco will not sell because it's a hatchback. Mm-hmm. The Golf GTD will not sell because it's a diesel. diesel. And the Amarok will not sell because it's a truck that's made by a non-American company. If you don't believe me, ask Nissan or Toyota how well their trucks sell compared to the F-150 or the Ram 1500 or the Chevy 1500. That's you the, suck at life, but you're right. But they should bring those anyway, because the Amarok you know, is awesome. Oh, and awesome. I, I I agree. The Amarok is awesome. The Scirocco is achingly pretty, and we are actually getting a Golf GTD. It's like ninety percent. We're gonna get that in 20, 2016. So that that will be coming, but it's the Golf does not sell well. Volks, Volkswagen sells I think three Jettas or four Jettas to every Golf. The GTI sells even less. And the diesel Golf, 
like Volkswagen's diesels, they don't sell very very many of those either. Like they just this stuff doesn't sell well. It would probably sell well enough that Volkswagen could break even for bringing it in. But Volkswagen isn't in the business of breaking even. Volkswagen is in the business of making money. You guys have anything to add? I no, you're you're the Volkswagen <laughs> man. I think you pretty much took my words. So that's about what I was gonna say. <laughs> you know, and, and Volkswagen is not ignoring the American market. No, they're far we from. Have, we have an entire Jetta that nowhere else in the world has because it's built specifically for the North American market. VW is paying a lot of attention to us, just not the way some of us would like them to with things like the Scirocco. So. Yeah, and I mean, I beg for the Scirocco. I'm I'm a huge advocate for getting it. I've always loved it since since it was here in like the 80s. I've wanted one, um, but it, there is no market for it here. The the Amarok asked Honda about the Ridgeline. How how that how that end up? Not very good. So I mean, that's why they can't bring it here. And diesels, while well, you said the same thing, diesel. No, Americans don't buy diesel because it's like. 40 or 50 percent more per gallon. Right, Americans are getting better, but I think it's right now. I think they hit a new record of six percent of all cars sold in America last year were diesels. Six percent, and that's including all the new diesel stuff that's coming out from all these companies. I mean, Audi has like five cars with diesel engines in them now, and we still only manage six percent diesel sales across all car sales in the U.S. The GTD, so take the GTI, which doesn't sell very very well anyways. I mean, it sells well enough, but hot hatches don't sell here. And then a diesel hot hatch, it's essentially going to be me and three other journalists who are going to be the only people in the United States that buy that thing. <laughs> but if it comes, Volkswagen, I will buy one. You have a sale. It's done. Especially if I can get it in that crazy Kermit the Frog green that you brought the tester in two years ago. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not as it being green. All right. Uh, so, okay, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up wrap up the show. It's been it's it's been a long one, but it's our birthday, so leave us alone. Don't try to Oh, by the way, it's also Justin's birthday today. Yay! Happy birthday, Justin! Yay! You're 117 years old, or something. Like that. Uh, don't get that wrong. 115. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. Uh, so our... don't look a day over 85. <laughs> All right. Our our own drive burn this week comes straight from our own Cyprian. He says, how about some Malaise-era fun for own drive burn? Let's take the 1978 Mustang King Cobra, which is a Mustang II, if you're unfamiliar. The 1978 AMC Gremlin GT. GT's important. (laughs) And uh, and the DeLorean DMC-12. Okay. I want to take the lead on this one, okay? Own the only car. I'm sorry, out of a whole lot, I could even see myself owning, is I. Oh, as much as I, it kills me to say it, but the redesigned Pinto. I will take the '78 Mustang King really? Cobra, only because a, it's limited edition, like 4,500 units. B, it's the only one that didn't fall apart while it drove down the road. Uh, the Mustang Mustang II was actually a well-built car, which is why there's still a lot of them available today. And actually. It's a, Good car. Um, they lasted forever. There's parts available. The DeLorean I want to drive one time just to say I drove a DeLorean, um, but I don't want one full time because they fall apart. They're crap. You have to maintain that stainless steel body on like a weekly basis. Um, and the AMC Gremlin GT, I just burn it, roll it down a hill. I'll piss on, piss on the ashes when I'm done and just get rid of it. It is a piece of crap. 
hatchback with massive wheel flares, nice big race stripes down the side of it, a power dome hood with a CJ straight six under the hood. What? What? Those are good <laughs> engines. It's a great engine, but to call something a GT and then stick a CJ engine under with like 102 horsepower or something like that, it's ridiculous. Yes, it was a limited edition. I can't remember. I think I saw like 40-something units or something crazy like that. Still, I, I no, just kill it. Kill it. No. The, the gremlin needs to just go away. <laughs> no, see, you got that all wrong. Yeah, you um, did. I I would own the shit out of a DeLorean. All day long. And then you'll be calling me crying every day. But <laughs> it's rusting, and it fell apart. The door fell off, and the power was I don't care, dude. I've got a DeLorean. Do you know how many chicks I could pick up in a DeLorean? He can go back can in time. time. That's right. 88 miles an hour, buddy. 88 miles an hour. That's you right. pick up one chick. One chick. You wouldn't, know it. you wouldn't know about 88 miles an hour because the speedometer goes up to 85. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I've got a cell phone. i got a GPS. 88 miles, miles an hour. Boom. No, you're going no, to get a fog kit so when you open up the door, it goes, and fog comes out. Yes, I box. will. Yes. Like, we're going to – Mr. Fusion – and a flux capacitor at all. Christian and I are going to build this car. Yeah. Hell yeah, a flux capacitor. Uh... Um, and then I would burn the Mustang King Cobra because I don't like the Mustang 2. Um, in fact, here's a little known fact that most people don't know. I hate basically every single Mustang except for the latest generation and the first generation. I think the rest of them are garbage and they could all burn in a giant pile and I wouldn't care less. No, you suck at life. I'm just you do, not you, do not, you do know that King Cobra is like the fastest of the bunch, right? Don't care. <laughs> hey, Justin, okay. do you know the horsepower rating of the King Cobra? 139. <laughs> From what I saw, it was 133. Yeah. You know what the horsepower AMC Gremlin is? <laughs> Probably like 80. Yeah, you know what the horsepower DeLorean DMC but was? But here's the dump. Enough to go 88 <laughs> and back and back. <laughs> That's right. And no, there's actually, there's uh, actually a running joke about the DMC about it couldn't hit 88 miles an hour. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I think it's cool, and lots of people think it's cool. Um, and I would drive the 1978 AMC Gremlin GT once to have that story about how I got to drive this car that almost doesn't exist, how I survived driving an AMC Gremlin <laughs> GT, and it would just be a really great bar story to have when I'm at some sort of event and lots of other journalists are there. And it's like, Because you share car stories, and I could share the car story about the time I drove the 78 AMC Gremlin GT and about how awesome I am because I own a DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, see, okay, Christian, I take your your side of everything, except I'm going to switch my cars around. I'm going to say I'm going to have the great bar stories of how I drew, once drove a Mustang II and how I burned a Gremlin and how I own a DeLorean. But... Because DeLoreans are awesome. And yes, neither of you are ever, awesome. Neither of you would ever... I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I will go back in time and buy new parts, and I will I will build my you car. You couldn't buy parts, parts back in time anyways. He's too busy out you can, dealing drugs. You can buy parts now. There is did a company know, that has spares, know? and you can buy a new old yes, I know, one now. I know. You can buy a brand new DeLorean today. It's made from, from spares. made from... Back yes, in the, I know. Yes. I, I forgot about that, but still, they're crap that falls apart. And yeah. Yeah, you suck. So anyway, yeah, the King Cobra though. Wah, wah, yeah, that's just. <laughs> I would drive it once but, though, just to say I've driven a Mustang too, and look how far the Mustangs have come. But it's got an imitation firebird hood that has a cobra instead of the the, the chicken hawk. <laughs> the fiery chicken. <laughs> well, you know what? The AMC Gremlin doesn't match the flaming chicken. And it has T tops. 
It's named after something that creates havoc in electronic devices. Yeah. <laughs> Which so in a car from how... the 70s is a terrible name. Every, every, yeah. time, every time I hear <laughs> about a, every time I hear about a gremlin, I think of that Simpsons episode where they talk about gremlins on the side of the bus. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that, that really terrible 80s movie, like The Gremlins, you know? And it's like, oh, there's a gremlin in my gremlin. <laughs> it won't start. <laughs> you know? No. That was terrible. My gremlin's living up to its name today. <laughs> like, uh, Okay, <laughs> stop, stop. That's why you burn the car, because the jokes are terrible. <laughs> the jokes are terrible because you made them terrible. That's no. as bad as you. It's not the forte's forte. <laughs> Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't egg him on. That was, that was good. <laughs> There's going to be a laugh for the next 20 minutes over that one. That was good, though. That was good. That was not a good joke. That was never a good joke. <laughs> Your mom goes to college. Anyway, we're done with this show. <laughs> we are done with this show. I hope everyone has enjoyed our little shindig party we have here. It's been, like, going on for, I think, an hour and 30 minutes or something. An hour and a half, yeah. So, it doesn't yeah, matter because we're our, awesome. We're, it's episode 20, 25. Yeah. Next week, episode 26, that's six months we've been doing this show. Holy it's been really? that long? Yeah. There's 52 weeks in a year, buddy. What's half of 52? Don't even get my calculator. <laughs> so, yeah, six months next week. And you guys have been along for the whole ride, and um, I really appreciate it. I'm going to take off these terrible sunglasses. Um, I, I really do appreciate everyone who's hung out with me and Mark and Justin. We all think you're awesome, and we're all happy that you think we're at least awesome enough to listen to. Um, For an hour and a half out of your week. Yeah. As as always, um, this is Topsy.com pod, podcast. We love having your questions, your comments, your suggestions, your own drive burns. We need questions for every show. We need own drive burns for every show. I have an own drive burn for next week, but that's the last one that I've got. So jump down to those comments. Send us those. Send us an email. Uh, email is really easy. It's podcast at topspeed.com. Send us all your questions, comments, ODBs, all that stuff there. Um, obviously, if you want to follow us outside of work, aside from the site, you can follow us all on the Twitters. Um, I am at Moford. That is M-O-E-F-E-R-D. You can find Justin at The Car Junkie. And Mark McNabb is at Mark McNabb, but he prefers the Instagrammies over the Twitters because he's weird and he likes the Instagrammies. But it's the same thing. It's at Mark McNabb. Yeah. Uh, also, I used to tweet, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, a, a lot of your photos show up on the Twitter site anyway, so yeah, if you follow I try, them on yeah. Twitter, you'll still But if you want to, you can creep in my college life when I used to tweet. Because, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's on, like, the second page down, and it was, like, three, four, ten years ago, you know. Because that's how awesome we are. Yeah. Uh, you can you can also follow the Top Speed pod, Podcast on iTunes, or you can follow it on Twitter. The Twitter is simply at Top Speed Podcast. Um, again, thank you guys so much. We hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We hope you have a wonderful Friday, because, yeah, Friday is is tomorrow. Well, well, um, otherwise, I'm going to play some outro music, and we're going to end the show. Again, thank you guys so much. Super big thank you to everyone who tunes into the live show, Cyprian Holti. Thank you guys so much. Um, and, yeah, we'll see you guys next week, I believe. Yes. Yeah.